Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Running Things Season 2. My name's Riley, I'm your host. I'm also the editor over at tempojournal.com. We're going to jump straight into the show today. We've got a pretty amazing guest, something a little bit different than what we're used to. We are joined by Shakari Richardson. Shakari is a 100 meter and 200 meter sprinter with just incredible potential. She ran a 10.7500 last year while running for LSU, which is the ninth ranked 100 meter time ever. So has an amazing future, likely going to be an Olympian and a very successful Olympian in the next couple of cycles. She is in Texas right now, so let's waste no more time. Let's jump over there and speak with Shakari Richardson. Okay, super special guest on the show today. This young woman has the rest of the world pretty much running scared right now in the 100 meters. She is a phenomenal talent. We are joined by Shakari Richardson. Shakari, how are you? I am fine. How are you guys today? Yeah, really well. It's so great to have you on the show. Let's start by where are you right now? Are you are you back in Texas? Yes, actually. That's a good guess. I'm back home right now during this downtime before fall training picks back up. I'm down here visiting my family for the time being and um, just unwinding a little bit before having to pick it back up and getting ready for the 2021 season. What's it like being back home? Being back home, it's like I'm not Shakira Richardson, the track runner, honestly. Unless I go out in public, of course, someone recognizes me. <laughs> but no, just going back home, being with my family, being around, I just feel like it's kind of a normal person, if that makes sense, for a better like a word. I just go home and I just be the person I was before I blew up, if that makes sense. <laughs> are, you, are you still getting, like, what do you do kind of in the off-season? Are you still getting a bit of training in, just less intensity? Like, how do you how do you structure that? Definitely. The intensity level is nothing compared to how it would be if I was um, fall training or rather spring training. But definitely enough to when I do decide when we do decide to pick up training again, I won't be too out of shape, but enough to like if I get bored or something too bored, I may go for a jog. I may pop in the weight room here and there. But other than that, just just enough to keep my body running, if that makes sense. Sure. Um it's obviously been a crazy 2020 for everybody, but you, you have right. managed to get a little bit of racing in um, mm-hmm. throughout July and August and ran pretty well, punctuated <laughs> by the, the 22 flat 200. Um, yeah. you, must be, you must be really happy to have salvaged like a great 200 time out of, uh, out of the season. Right. I definitely um, actually ran in that 200 race. Me and my coach, we talked about it and we've been training for it, but that particular day, I wasn't honestly expecting that time. So when, when I crossed the finish line, um, my coach actually told me it was the win legal time. I was like, oh, well, that's PR. I was like, it's <laughs> definitely after the fact that the season that we had and having less amount of races, I needed my belt. <laughs> Excuse me. Not saying I was expecting anything. Um, not saying I was expecting anything slow, but I definitely wasn't expecting PR. So I definitely enjoyed that. I think that was um, – I think that was a, a accomplishment for this crazy season for me, a personal accomplishment for this season, honestly. Absolutely. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the Tokyo Olympics. Like, you know, all athletes are different. For some athletes, like athletes on the older end of the scale, the postponement isn't great for them, right? Because, right. you know, they're kind of running yeah. out of time. You know, even if we look at, look at the women's hundred, like a lot of the athletes who competed in Doha are kind of, you know, they're not. Right. They're, they're closer to the end of their career than their start. Right. You're tw- you're 20 years old. It feels to me like the postponement is great for you. It gives you another year mm-hmm. in the system, another year to mature. Is that how you, is that how you view it as well? 
Honestly, that's exactly how I view it. And the my support system around me, including my coach, um, definitely make sure to instill that into me, saying that this year is definitely a year that you can use the um, just an extra year to perfect your crafts, get adjusted to the system, get adjusted to the new environment, just get adjusted to this new world on and off the track. Um, so I definitely feel like it's a blessing in disguise at the same time. And then I'm also grateful because, like you stated, I did get some type of racing this year. So I don't feel like this year was a entire just oh, focusing on training. I did, I did, I was able to see progress. Me and my coach actually started on working on from when I got down when we started training or this 2020 season up until, you know, when we was unfortunately told, or unfortunately when we found out the season wasn't going to be a regular one. But still, I, I'm, I'm satisfied with the results that I walked away with. What's the, what's the, um, what's the biggest difference between like, you know, you, you, you had an amazing year at LSU and now in a professional group, like, you know, in, in training is, is the difference massive, not necessarily in terms of the workouts, but like, this is, this is serious now, right? Like this is people's careers and people's livelihoods. Is it like, does it feel a lot more like a lot different to college? Definitely. In college, you was just running to keep your scholarship. You was running to make sure, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you kept the same amount um, and you was running for your teammates. You know, their motivation was different. It was still a motivation, but it wasn't as severe as I feel like on this level being professional. Because being professional, this is how you eat. This is how you live. This is how you're going to take care of your family. And I definitely, that's definitely the biggest, if not my biggest motivation is in being able to take care of the ones that have taken care of me and the ones that I love. So I definitely feel like professional, the stakes are definitely more higher. So when you sit at the table, it's all or nothing. So I definitely feel like on this level, it's pushed me not just physically. Dennis Mitchell has not only pushed me physically, (laughs) but the entire uh, experience has pushed me mentally and also um, spiritually as a person. I want to I want to talk about that mental side of of the sport as well because one of the things that comes through in anytime you speak, whether it's straight after a race or whether it's on stage at the Bowman or or anything <laughs> like your your kind of mental strength or like you you have this bulletproof belief in yourself, right? <laughs> that just cannot be shaken. Like, is that what what's the what's the biggest asset for you? Is it like your physical talents and what you're capable of, or is it that like just ironclad belief that you can do anything? It honestly is is the mindset. My thing is it's just like what how you work, how you work is how you eat, how you eat is how you live. And so if I'm going to this track and I have to be here from nine till two and I have to do this six days a week, you telling me when we lined up and I'm doing this for four weeks and when I have to line up for a race and I only have to run for less than 11 seconds. If I have to put my body through that, you, I'm telling you, and you're going to best believe me feel at that finish line. You're going to feel the work that I've put in. You're going to feel how I've been working so I can eat. So when I get to this line, you see everything I put in, the time I put in. So even though you just see, oh, yeah, she got down here in 10.3 seconds, it's mentally because you don't win a race. You don't prepare for a race the day of. You're preparing for that race while you're training. You're preparing while you're practicing because how you practice is how you compete. And I am a strong believer of that. I believe that I even, how you feel, if you feel good, you raise good, you look good, you raise good. I even go to practice it the same way. I feel like if I look good, particularly this day at practice, I may practice a little bit better. Just you never know. But I definitely consider it's the mindset because track, everybody's fast, especially yes. Especially on a professional level, you cannot not give anyone or one their credit. Everyone has some type of speed or some, some type of area that they excel in. 
So you just have to, it's the mental aspect that separates the good from the great or from the ones that are, that would be unforgettable. I feel like it's mindset for me. That's like, um, such like, such as like such a great lesson for any young athletes who are maybe still in high school or middle school or still coming up, like the power of, of, you know, being strong mentally and believing in yourself and what that can do for you. Um, we see, we see athletes who do a full, you know, a full term in college and then turn pro sometimes can still, you know, take a couple of years to find their feet. Right. Whereas you're, as, as we've said, you're 20, <laughs> you're 20 years old and speaking with you, I feel like I'm speaking to a woman who's 26, 27 years old, <laughs> being a professional for years. Like where, where, like, where does that maturity and that readiness come from to be in this environment? Honestly, it comes from where I come from. It comes from the experiences of also on the track and off the track as well and combining those things, whether it's, whether it's passion, whether it's pain, whether it's anger, whether it's happiness, whatever it may be, using it as just a driving force to go forward. Like to always remember where I'm from, but to never go back, to always go forward. I feel like that's definitely um, a key factor in my maturity. And just knowing that at a young age, Having the people around me, definitely another thing for me, support system, them seeing, because me at the time just running when I was young, I'm just like, oh, this is fun. But them have been able to see the actual potential in the long run and not forcing it onto me, but slowly instilling me and showing me like, hey, like if you do a little bit more on the track, you may get a little bit more off. Like just, just slowly showing me and making and allow me to make that own mature decision or that that own decision to want to take this serious at a such a young age. I feel like that was definitely another factor in the reason why of my success today. I think I've prepared, I've been preparing myself for this moment, not for these times, but for this career and just knowing that if I'm going to do this, I was taught, if you do something, you're going to do it all the way. Do it all the way or don't do it at all. So that's just how I'm coming when I do anything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you, it, it feel as an outsider, it feels like um, you you never you never really want to get comfortable, right? Like you're always putting yourself mm-hmm. in these uncomfortable situations. You know, one year at LSU, it would have been really easy to come back for a second year. You know, you turn pro at the end of an incredibly long season. You throw yourself into USA's. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. is is that it? Is it like I, you just you don't want to sit still? You don't want to get comfortable? You you keep testing yourself. Honestly, it is that feeling and just, just, yeah, just not being comfortable, just even from the decisions from going from LSU to running USA's, from USA's to making the transition to leave, getting you know, leaving a whole new state, go to a whole new training system, whole new coaching. Um, definitely those risks, um, def- those decisions made me uncomfortable. But I just noticed, and I, I guess I've noticed from just in my past that change is when change comes, you're supposed to be uncomfortable or it's uncomfortable to make change. But when you make change, you get different results. Or, you know, if you make change, you never know what's on the other side. You keep doing the same thing. You, you may get the same result or may, you may get something different, but you never know. So I just feel like making, being uncomfortable also keeps me on my toes. It also makes me not satisfied, not necessarily not satisfied, but, but not satisfied. It makes me want to see, okay, I'm able to do this, but what, how can I, can I do this? Like hearing, oh yeah, like you just stated, most people when they go, 
when they transition from college to professional, it does take them a couple of years. It does take them a while. And I hear that. Or when I was in college, my freshman year, hearing, oh, yeah, you're a freshman. So transitioning over to the profession, you know, to college may be a little tricky. And it's just like everyone's different. <laughs> you can't you can't box all of us in a box or you can't box everyone in a box because of your per- because of how you experience the situation. And I always take that and use it as ammunition to be different to beat the system, not saying to beat the system, but to, to beat the system, to make a new norm, to let people know, no, this, don't listen to that. If you do what it is and you set yourself up to get to that goal, then no one else can stop you but yourself. And something I think I'll, I'll keep in mind. At, at, at USA's last year, as I said, it was obviously the end of an incredibly long season. Your, your right. mind was your mind was willing, but your body just, your body was telling you, okay, <laughs> that's, that's enough now, right? Um, yes. And like one of the things I find interesting is like immediately after, you know, you're, you're in the press room. I was in the press room um, that day after the 200 and, you know, the, the, the media are basically like they're asking you all these questions and, and you're just like still you are unshakable. You just you still have this amazing <laughs> belief like, you know, you've had it. You've, you've not had a race that you wanted to have, but right. you still like brush it off. Like two minutes after the race, you've, you're, you're over it and you've moved on. <laughs> Were you like, are you surprised by the amount of like attention and spotlight on you? Or is that, is that just the norm for you now that you're a 1075 runner? Honestly, it still kind of shake me up sometimes. Like even when people recognize me, I'm like, oh, you know me? So definitely, <laughs> it still kind of shake me up. Honestly, I think I get a little starstruck at my starstruckness, I guess. <laughs> Excuse me. But definitely, um, going, referring especially back to USA is that whole experience in itself, um, it was it was kind of a wake up call. Uh, of course, um, advancing my outdoor season, I basically was undefeated the entire outdoor season, and so it definitely um you don't get big headed, but unconsciously you know you feel yourself just a little. So not saying that and like like stating mentally, I I promise I was there, I was ready on the line, ready to get to the finish line first as best as I could, I was ready. But physically, my body was just like it's time, and I was at peace with that before I even ran the two hundred. Mentally at peace with that. So afterwards, it was just like. It's time to reset. It's time to reload. Okay. This is not, this is not the end. This is not a failure. This is a lesson. I'm learning my body. I'm learning myself. I'm learning, I'm learning change. I'm learning transition. Therefore, this is a way for me to learn and this is a way for me to grow. Therefore, I did, y'all won't see this ever again. <laughs> and I mean that. <laughs> but yes, that way I won't have to experience this feeling again. This way I won't have to uh, put my, or feel, feel the ways I was feeling mentally, maybe. But definitely, I I feel like I prepare myself mentally first, going back to mind, mindset, mentally first before even stepping onto the track. I think that's why I didn't really um, phase me if it's if it, that's what it looked like. <laughs> are you um, are you nervous? Isn't the right word, but are you especially now in in that pro environment? Are you whether it's with your coach or whether it's other other athletes in the group? Are you kind of asking them, hey, what what are the Olympics like? Are you asking them what are world champs like, or, or are you just like, you know what, I'll, I'll I'll take it how it comes? Oh yes, um, my training um group, I love my training group. All of them, um, they all have different personalities, and some of them vary. Like um, I for instance, I train with Justin Gatlin. Justin Gatlin, you know, he's a vet in the game. So I'm always asking him for advice. Um, you have other people that's been um, training. They've been in the system little, but not as long. Like Kari King, Kari King, I talk to him a lot, asking stuff about the realm on the uh, on the girl side. I have um, Caitlin that trains there. They have Desiree trains there. 
um, Javian, Courtney, girls that I know, some girls I know personally, some uh, before coming down there, uh, all of them literally spit their wisdom on me, talk to me and let me know what they're thinking. You have Isaiah down there. I just, all of them come together. The ones that's actually been on that level, not even just them, um, um, Aaron Brown, all of them having different experience, having different races, all of them literally when I ask questions or sometimes they don't ask questions. If they notice it's something or if they think about something that that I could use or we could be at practice and they'll notice something, they may, like, coach, you're going to do this. All right, bet. Relax, because, you know, it's, <laughs> it's going to go this way. They, they just put me on the game as much as possible if I ask and if I don't ask. So I guess I feel like I have a lot of great um, resource system when it comes to wanting to know about the unprofessional realm. Yeah, that's what an amazing resource or like environment to be part of. Um, I like, I feel, and again, like through watching other interviews you've done and like whether it's post-race or whatever, you just have this, you have this like endless energy, right? <laughs> is, is, have you always been like this? Like, were you like this as a kid? Like you just, you're um, always on. Actually, I feel like track brought it out. Young girl was a little quiet. Like, <laughs> if you got to know me, you saw me. You saw this side. But if you didn't know me, you know. But I think track definitely was that that show that brought me out because it kind of brought, like, like you said, a popularity to me when I was, like, to me. So that was kind of me. I was a track girl. I was a fast girl. So it kind of slowly brought me out of a bubble. Not saying I was shy naturally, but it's just like I was just to myself. And it just brought me out of a bubble. And it just exposed me to different things and just experiencing different things, different people. This brought me right out this shakari. <laughs> What's um when you're when you're not on the track, you're not in the weight room, mm-hmm. downtime, you know, what uh what are, what are you doing in your downtime? In my downtime, what would I be doing? Eating. <laughs> no, honestly, um I would say I do enjoy food. I do like trying different foods, whether it's like healthy food during the season. I definitely will. I, I love experience, like trying new stuff. Um, what else I could say I like doing a lot? Um, wow. I don't know. I think now that I stay in Florida, I like I, I just go out and try different stuff in the area. I feel like because I feel like Florida, especially close to the Orlando area, it's a busy area. So I feel like um. Just, just learning, learning uh, my environment as right now. That's like a habit of mine. Honestly, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's a weird habit. <laughs> We're just learning the neighborhood. Like literally, I just like get in the car and drive. It looks like seeing my, like just around and stuff like that and come back. Honestly, um, I didn't expect to have this much free time this year. You're a, you're a pizza, you're a pizza fan in the off season, right? Yes, I am. <laughs> I love me a three, a meat lover, three meat, anything to have all the different types of yes, I love yes, I love pizza. <laughs> so, so what about like the big debate? Does pineapple belong on pizza? What's your what's your take on that? Pineapple does not belong on pizza. It's re- it can be refreshing though. No, it cannot be refreshing. I have this debate at least maybe once a month. I do no, it can, I don't see. I can't see how it can be fruit on pizza can be refreshing. I don't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Matter of fact, I might just record myself eating a piece and post it sure. just to show my reaction. <laughs> hey, I want to I want to um, go back to it another another serious one for a second. Um, I think like when we talk about that belief and that mental strength, 
like that's an amazing message for young people, athletes, or or whatever you're doing, right? Even if it's not athletics, um, the, the importance of that. There's also something again you've you've said a few times. You said it best um, on stage at the Bauman Awards last year. You were asked about like your hair color and your nails and stuff wow. like that, and and you said something that I really enjoyed. You, you you were speaking about it, and you said, "When I step on the track, it doesn't matter what I look like, what color I am." The time speaks for itself and that's all that matters. Is and like, you know, this was 2019. Like you've kind of just summed up what we should all be thinking in 2020, right? Like, Honestly, honestly, honestly. When you take away color, when you take away all of that, we're all people. We all breathe. We all operate. We all function. We all need at the end of the day. I don't understand why color has to be a problem. I don't understand why who, who people love have to be an issue because at the end of the day, when you go to your home, what's at your home is what you deal with. What's at your home is what impact your sleep, your money, and how you operate, not what you saw when you was in your car, not, what you, not who you saw when you was out at the mall. You know, it's just like, honestly, if everybody really learned to mind their own business, we would have a better America. <laughs> honestly. But definitely, um, just with just with what's going on in the world, that's why I think that's why when I do step on the track, I do represent myself in that way. I do come out with the long hair, I do come out with the different colors, I do come out with the braids. I mean, with the nails, with the with showing and expressing myself. Because at the end of the day, when we step on this track, we're all doing the same thing in these lanes. We're all doing the same things from lane one to lane nine. Whether who what color you are, whether what color I am, how tall I am, how short you are. Doesn't matter because at the end of the day, who trying to get to this line first and who gets to the line first is the person that everybody's really paying attention to. And that's just this way of life too. We all trying to do the same thing. We all just trying to make it. Okay. On that, um, at the age of 20, like life is moving super fast for you. Do you, are you conscious of being a role model to, you know, younger athletes? Like, is that something you, you stop and think about? Because whether you kind of, realize it or not right you're a 1075 <laughs> runner with a couple of hundred thousand followers on social media like you right. are a role model is that something that you like have to remind yourself of or does it come naturally honest, being honest with you yes that is definitely something I have to remind myself of or just um when I sit and think about it it also takes me back to my purpose because I have a lot of younger cousins that I held when I was younger I have actually raised with my oh, with my with my siblings and my family whatnot, and just remembering them, knowing that they're at them ages where the kids that be commenting or posting me or DMing me, they're the same ages and stuff. And it just reminds me, I see how they like to talk about me and idolize me and stuff like that when they talk to their friends or how they like to talk mess or the things I love being able to do for them. I feel like that's probably one of the, my favorite things about being able to being being a professional is being able to do what I can for my family because they do have what I had wasn't able to have. So just remembering that and then going back to it's children that don't even know me, that don't have ties to me, that just see me doing what they love to do as well. And it's just like, wow, like she does that. I love her. You know, she does that. Like, oh, she, she's, oh my gosh. And it's just like, I also, I have to remind myself that because just like sometimes I want to, you know, express myself or be a 20 year old may say, you know, <laughs> but I also, I also have to realize that this is not, it's my page, but this is me to the world. This is me for everyone. And this is a way for everyone to come to me. And I have to make it available for all. And I have to, and that's the way that I have, I try to keep it in mind. 
Like, this is for me and everyone. This is my way to them and their way to me. So I think that's the way I also remember my way to think of that. But yes, that's a, a, a trick for me. <laughs> is there... um. Is there is there anything you know now that you you would love to go back five years ago and tell yourself about? Hey, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna become this absolutely amazing athlete, or did you like? Is everything kind of going how you thought it would go? No, oh my gosh, no. Um, if I could go back and tell myself something, I would just say, "Get ready, get ready, get ready." <laughs> I would honestly tell myself, I wouldn't change my work it or anything like that. I would tell myself, "Get ready." mentally and spiritually i would tell myself to get prepared i feel like um most through the through these last through this transition i feel like that's been the biggest battle because you know physical pain you know you go to track it hurt ah you store for a couple days that goes away so i think that kind of like gets you know that kind of gets adapted you get adapted to that but the fact of the different experiences not just on the track but also growing in life transitioning in ages systems environments um, that way, I would tell myself to get ready, get ready every other way but physical. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, life life is moving at an incredible pace for you. Um, right. I want to talk a little bit about about uh, Black Lives Matter and about racial inequality. You've been right. you've been like a really great voice in your own way over the last few months, talking about you know what's a pretty serious issue not not just in the US but around the world as well. Um, We've got people listening and watching our our show from Australia, from the US, from the UK, from Canada. You know, what's 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 something that we can all kind of take away from this conversation today? Like what what can we all do in our own little small way to make the world a better place? Honestly, like I said, if um like I ha- I will say and share to the world how they could do their part, um, particularly in any movement that you're well in the Black Lives Matter movement is being kind, like literally a kind act the day going, going out of your way to a part of the day. Because, you know, not everybody has large platforms they can use. Not everybody can make large donations. Not everyone can do things like that. But just going out your way and not necessarily being ugly towards the next person or necessarily if you can do something for, the, for someone you see in need or just because just because you have a little extra just, you know, or giving a compliment, any type of way to make the next person a better that you feel you may want to feel better or that will make you feel better doing that. I feel like that that's how everyone can make day by day a little contribution to making this world literally a better place. Because this is that's how incidents happen. That's how incidents start. How people look at each other, people, how people say things to other people, how people comment um, on, other, on other people, things in the public. I feel like if we were kinder, just a kind act the day, you never know what someone's going through. You never know what someone is thinking. You never know. One compliment could change a whole person's entire mindset about just a type of person or just about the day. You know? So I just feel like I kinda act today. Anyone if you can if you can go and do something that you could that you wouldn't do for yourself normally or that you could do for yourself, do it for someone else. And just uh contributing that way, honestly. I I like I I love hearing that. Like we we sometimes forget that to compliment someone it it takes you what five ten seconds and it 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 makes you feel better as well and it can make that person's whole day you know honestly like just the smallest type of ways people feel like you have to do big things to make a difference and it's literally (laughs) it's the smallest thing (laughs) going even going out to the trip flaring to track it's literally the smallest things that you have to change that you have to nitpick at and get right in order to 
create the the perfect grace, quote unquote. Literally. All right. I have I have I have two more questions to finish off. Okay. The first one, what's uh what's the most used app on your phone? <laughs> Twitter. No. Mm, hard tie between Twitter and Instagram. Really? You're a, you're a Twitter user. What's uh that's old school. Why what's what's with Twitter? What? Twitter's old school. Twitter's not old school. That's that's that new new cutthroat game uh, generation. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I gotta go check. You said Twitter is old. I need to go. You go check that out then. <laughs> hey, yeah, you know. Um, but you are you're a very mature twenty year old. So you know what? It's, <laughs> Thank it's you okay. very much. Thank you. Um, all right. Last last question. It's uh I don't know I don't know what time it is in Texas right now, but here in Melbourne it's it's early. It's eight thirty. A lot of people are gonna be like watching or listening in the mornings, right? Okay. If 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 people wanna 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 emulate you, what's your breakfast looking like most days? Eggs, bacon, mm. I'm gonna throw some toast in there. Oof. And maybe I'm not even gonna lie, maybe like three, four pieces of fruit. And biscuits. That's an off season. Wink, wink. That's an off season <laughs> <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> are you a are you a, are you a coffee drinker? Juice, tea? Like what's your what's your vibe there? Mm, the the drinking style. I love some orange juice. Orange juice over apple juice. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> but yeah. I'll, I'll go towards some orange juice. Coffee. It's like here and there. Every blue moon. I'm like I want some coffee. And I'll go get some. But not very often though. But, but it's not a it's not a daily. No, not a, definitely not a daily. Definitely not a daily. Um, and cranberry juice. I actually like cranberry juice a lot. That's I living. would pour up a cup of that. <laughs> hey, Shakari Richardson, thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed. Your energy is just infectious. So thank you so much, thank and good you, luck Mr. for the rest Riley. of twenty twenty. You made this fun. <laughs> <laughs> good, I I'm enjoyed glad. this. This is my first podcast, and I really enjoy myself. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Honestly, like if you're looking for inspiration or motivation or you're finding yourself in a bit of a rut, like after hearing Shakari speak and not just there, but like anytime she does an appearance, it just, it feels, feels, certainly fills me with a lot of energy. And I hope, uh, I hope you guys got something out of that as well. It's incredible to think that she is only 20 years old. And I know I kind of harped on that a lot, but really like her maturity level, you can see like she was, it, it's like she was born to handle this kind of um, pressure and expectation and this kind of heavy load that she carries now as a 1075 runner. It's going to be a lot of expectation on her as we get into Tokyo and, um, you know, Paris and LA potentially as well. So I hope you enjoyed that chat with Shakari. I'm going to link in the show notes to a couple of her other appearances and also to her amazing 1075 run. Like she pretty much, she starts celebrating with about five meters left in that race. It's, um, it's pretty sick to watch. So I'll share that as well. That's it for the show today, guys. We have Craig Engels on the show coming up next. So tune in for that one. If you're not already following us on YouTube, give us a subscribe or subscribe on the pods as well. Thanks, guys. See you next time and uh, take your easy days easy. Easy.